When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here you go. Mad Max. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Thursday, October 19th, 2023. Mad Max is the nickname for the starting pitcher for your Texas Rangers. Mad Max had not pitched since September 12th. All sorts of talk, shoulder injury, can he come back? I assumed he was out for the season, but no. He throws a few bullpens, throws a simulated game, and declares himself ready to roll. This is what we do, he said in his pregame press conference. This is why we work out in the offseason. This is why we train. This is the dream to pitch in the league championship series to help your team get the ring. And I was feeling rah-rah, I'm in. And then I was thinking back to all of my experience and saying, shoulder injuries are hard to recover from and hard to recover from quickly, number one. Two, it's really hard to simulate game action. But let's see. Let's see what happens early in the game. So I sit in the desk at CBS Sports HQ. We're talking a little pregame. And we're saying, let's look in the first inning and let's look for fastball command. Let's look for velo. Let's see if he can get his breaking stuff and use it to set up his fastball. Let's take a look. Top of the first inning, pitch one. Oh God, he looks good. Two, great, three, eight pitches. Three outs, he's out of the first. And I'm thinking, man, the Astros may be in trouble. They needed to score early. Scherzer needed to not be healthy. And I figured that would manifest itself early. First inning, makes it through, everything's good. Second inning, rut row. Fatigue, lack of command. HBP hits Alvarez. Wild pitch, a dink, a donk, and before you know it, 3 nothing. Second inning, Astros score. Remember, they'd been shut out in the first game. Remember, they were on the road where they like playing. They're way better on the road, the Astros are, than at home. Remember, Texas wins the game. If you're not the 2004 Red Sox, you're not coming back from down 3-0. It's game seven for the Astros, looking to repeat as champions. Now, of course, you may read that it was only game three, but it's game seven. That's the mentality. Texas does not have that edge because for them, it's not a game seven. Now, you could say, but David, they know if they win that game, they're winning the series, so why not treat it like a game seven? That's not how it works <clears throat> at all inside your head. Astros score three, and you're thinking, all right, Scherzer, Rusty, giving up three, get him out of the game. Javier, pitcher for the Astros, outstanding postseason pitcher, gets a shutdown inning after the after uh, his team scores for him. Astros get back. Altuve, home run. 4 nothing. 
Scherzer still in. The game's sort of out of reach at 4 nothing. we're thinking, even though the Rangers have this great offense. But why is Scherzer still in the game? He comes out for the fourth inning, gives up another run on a Dubon base hit, 5 nothing. Then they pull him. He goes four innings, gives up five runs. Max Scherzer has now allowed 12 earned runs in two of his past three starts. Max Scherzer in last year's wild card round, when the Padres won, as you may recall, when they beat the, you remember this, don't you, Coca? Scott, turn it off, mute it right now. But you remember what Scherzer did in the wild card game. Got absolutely rocked. Now, Scherzer's been a decent postseason pitcher. Last night, I think, was his 23rd postseason start, ERA of three and a half. But those stats are always misleading because as pitchers get older, unless you're Roger Clemens, unless you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, it is very difficult to continue doing what you had done as you are getting into your later 30s. So before you know it, the Rangers' bullpen is being trotted out and not the back end of their bullpen that you use with the lead or the other pitchers in their bullpen. They're being trotted out. The Rangers score against Javier. And they cut it to 5-2. to two. Ranger fans are thinking, this is it. We can come back. Except they didn't get the shutdown inning. And every time the Rangers scored, the Astros scored after. And the Astros end up winning the game 8-5. to five. And what fascinated me about that game is that if you are the Texas Rangers and you're the front office, Chris Young, going into the clubhouse after the game, you go see the manager, Bochi. You don't say much when you lose a game like that. You just go home and you're back today, ready to go. But you're thinking the bottom of the Astros order was just crushing. Max Scherzer gave up a two-run single to Martin Maldonado, who is a defense first hit, never ninth hole hitter. He's there because the pitchers love pitching to him. He's the one in the colored hair. Unbelievable defensive pitcher. He just can't hit. So when any he does anything, it's a bonus to the Astros. Altuve had done nothing during the postseason, this series. Tucker had done nothing. Last night, Tucker, three walks and a hit. Altuve, the home run, plus another hit. On base five times, just those two players. That Astros team that you watched last night, even when their bullpen cracks and Neris gives up a run, Abreu gives up a run, they beat the Rangers 8-5 to five and reminded the country and everybody watching, the Astros are the team to beat. Of course, I could argue they can't be the team to beat when you're dealing with the Philadelphia Phillies, who are clearly a team that is playing better, pitching better, hitting better than anyone. But in a series, it's hard to argue that someone will be able to beat Houston four times in seven games. So game three ends, and now we head into a game four. And all of a sudden, the reason why it was such an important game yesterday, and the reason why it's so deflating to lose if you're Texas, because as we said, you win, you're in. You're going to the World Series, you're up 3 nothing, But you lose, all of a sudden you go into a game four the next day. And if you lose that game, your whole lead's gone. The series becomes a two out of three. My mentality would be to talk to our team and say, listen, let's try to get game four. But even if we don't, we have a two out of three to get to the World Series 
Two of them are in Houston, where Houston doesn't like playing. Now, that sounds like we don't have home field advantage, but we actually do. The Astros can sweep us in Texas, and they're only up three to two, and we get to go to Houston and sweep them again. That's impossible that you could sweep Houston twice in games one and two and six and seven. No, it's not. That's how bad Houston's been at home. This is a crazy series. A home team has not won a game yet. We're three games into it. And the pitching is lined up in a way that games five, six, and seven will be exactly like games one, two, and three, which means the middle game is about depth of rotation, depth of pitching staff. The Texas Rangers are going with Andrew Heaney, who did get a start in the last round. The Houston Astros are going with Rakiti. Did you see Dusty Baker after the game? Dusty Baker's funny when he, side note, Coca, the visiting clubhouse in a ballpark, here's a little story for you. There's a person in charge of the visiting clubhouse. That person reports actually to the home clubhouse manager, but his job is the visiting clubhouse manager. He handles everything for the visiting clubhouse. And he knows our, our visiting guy is someone named Rock Hughes. Unbelievable guy. So good at his job, just a, a real mensch. Been around the game forever. His father was in the game. His sister, I believe. His sister may be married to Craig Council. I don't know where I came up with that, Coca, and I don't know if you can check it, but I believe that the Marlins visiting clubby is married to Craig Council's sister. I was going to say daughter, but it can't be daughter. It's got to be sister. So the visiting clubby has a list. He knows all the teams and what they like. If they like certain food, if they like their lockers set up in a certain way, because it's an empty canvas every time a team comes in and the locker is set up however that team wants it to be set up, you communicate with the visiting clubby. Then the manager has an office and managers also have certain things they like. No one that I ever saw was more particular than Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker, great guy, but you had to do things a certain way. So when Dusty Baker walks into the manager's office, coming off the team bus or however he gets to the ballpark, in the manager's office, facing the chair, so when he sits at his desk, in a perfectly placed pile, there will be two wristbands and toothpicks. And the toothpicks, it's not like a box of toothpicks. The toothpicks are taken out of the box and they're laid down like you're playing pixie sticks as a kid. Now, at the time that I was in the game, Dusty Baker did not have the special Dusty Baker wrist, um, what are they called? Wrist pads? Coca, I'm totally blanking. Uh, sweat wrists, sweatbands, thank you, Coca. He now has specially made sweatbands that I think have a picture of him and his name on it. It used to just be regular run-of-the-mill standard starter sweatbands, but everything is put in a particular way. The fridge is filled with what they like to drink, but Dusty needed that. Dusty's the one during COVID, he's wearing gloves. He's just very particular, very safe, and an amazing guy, amazing manager. So Dusty Baker is interviewed yesterday after the game and they say to him, hey, who's starting for you tomorrow? And he says, did the other team tell you who they're starting? And the media said, no, you're the first interview post game. Well, I like being first because it means we won, but I'm not going to tell you guys who's starting. Well, do you know who's starting? Yes, of course we know who's starting. But I'm not telling you because Texas hasn't said who's starting for them. 
give me a break. I never really understood why our manager would be so secretive, thinking there'd be extra preparation. It's not like in football where you set the first 20 plays. It depends who your quarterback is and what they can run. Your pitcher's your pitcher, and they can change their lineup up to that minute. As a matter of fact, Texas didn't start Evan Carter one day because it was a lefty starting, and then the lefty got pulled out in the first inning, and then Evan Carter was put in in the second inning. You can adjust on the fly. We're not exactly hiding the nuclear codes here. So Urquidy's going to go against Andrew Heaney in what becomes a very important game. Still not a must win for Texas, not even a must win for Houston anymore, but it's going to be a pretty amazing game for. All to have the right to go play Philly? Hmm. As a reminder, as we head into the next segment here, the Houston Astros are 51-30 and on the road during the regular season. It's unheard of. At home, 39 and 42. Does that tell you how crazy this season has been? Nothing personal pick of the day. We are back. We made it back. What a grind. I do feel like the basketball game where you're down 10 and you have to work your tuchus off to get back. We are 149 and 149. A bit of a bender right now. I don't think it's the time to fade me. We are 149, 149 after the Astros beat the Rangers. We've got two picks for you. Number one, we're going Astros over the Rangers. I predicted on nothing personal that it would be Astros in six. On CBS Sports HQ, I had Astros in seven. Just covering my bases. But either way, I need the Astros to win the series. In order to do that, I want to make sure the Astros are tied at two, but I actually believe and going into the three games in Texas, I thought there was a decent chance the Astros could sweep Texas, and we talked about it. So we're taking the Astros over the Rangers. Then we've got the Phillies Diamondbacks in their game three. Let's talk about Philadelphia. Let's talk about their fans. God love them. No, let's talk about their team. I'm going to give props as I have been on the air everywhere, every show I've done. The Phillies look unbeatable. And the way the Phillies are playing, I don't know how any team even wins a game off them. Their offense is producing greater than the Texas Rangers, greater than the Houston Astros. They're starting pitching Nola and Wheeler, ace-ace. And their number three starter tonight, Ranger Suarez, would be a number one or two on just about every other team. If you've never heard of Ranger Suarez, I get it. Watch the game tonight. Great breaking stuff. His fastball location, it's like he places it. He keeps hitters off-balanced. Going against a Diamondbacks young rookie named Fought. It's an interesting game because just like game three in the Astros-Rangers series, if the Phillies win tonight, the series is over. They'll be up 3 nothing. The Diamondbacks aren't going to be the second team in the history of Major League Baseball to come back from 3-0. So for the Diamondbacks, this is their game seven. They've got to win it. The problem is they don't have a Christian Javier on the mound. Their lineup is not built, notwithstanding the home run barrage they had against the Dodgers last week. Their lineup is not built to mash. They are built on stringing hits together. They are built on speed, even though the manager, Lavello has not, put the game in motion during the postseason the way he did in the regular season, which is very bizarre. Dance with the people you brought to the dance. 
Pat Riley used to say, explaining why he let John Stark shoot two for 18. But in baseball, it's the same concept. If you have a way that your team is built, you play that way. Our team was built with speed at the top of the lineup when we won the World Series. We started top of the first. Go check out game one of the 2003 World Series. Juan Pierre bunts for a base hit. Steals second. Castillo gets him to third on a sacrifice. And Pudge hits the sacrifice fly. Won nothing before the Yankee fans had even taken their seats. We go on to win game one. But the point is, play the way you play. And the Diamondbacks have changed how they played during the regular season. That made them successful. Not too late to change back, but certainly interesting to me to monitor as this game continues. There are a couple of keys to the Phillies-Diamondbacks game to think about. One, what's the pride level of the Diamondbacks? Knowing everyone's calling on you, including Vegas, that the odds are you're going to be swept. That is the favorite on the table right now. Phillies in five is the second favorite. So the thought is at best you are going to win one game of the next two. What is your pride level to get back in this series? And does your pride level match your talent level? Two, the Phillies are highly motivated to win the game today. Highly motivated to get this series over because the Phillies are not after the pennant. They got a pennant ring last year, NGE. It's not good enough. The Phillies want to win the ring, the real ring, which I'm almost ready to whip out. I whip out the ring during every World Series. I wear it during Nothing Personal, wear it during CBS Sports pre and post game. We're a few days away from yearly ring time. But the Phillies, what their key to success has been is lined up pitching. Lined up pitching is when you end a series soon enough and fast enough that you have enough time before the next series to line up your pitching exactly the way you want to line it up. If you have to go seven games, then you end up pitching backwards. Both the Yankees and the Marlins needed seven games to get to the World Series in 03, and their pitching was backwards. In that case, both teams were backwards, and I guess that's okay. But the Phillies' key to success is having Wheeler in game one, Nola in game two, and Suarez in game three. In order for that to happen, you need a five or fewer games. Do the math. Game five in the Philadelphia series is on a Friday. That is when Wheeler is going to pitch. If he wins game five and doesn't have to appear again, That's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday would be his next game that he could pitch. And Friday is game one of the World Series. Lining up the pitching, critical. Third key to the game. What do you know about the Phillies? What's been the most famous stat we've talked about? They are hitting home runs in record numbers. You've got to keep the Phillies in the park. If you're the Diamondbacks, that is your only approach. Make them string hits together. So what's my pick? Phillies over Diamondbacks. Astros over Rangers, Phillies over Diamondbacks. In case you want to have a triple screen and you want to do a multi-sport parlay, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars have the Thursday night game. They're in New Orleans. They are getting one point on the road. Trevor Lawrence is questionable, though I suspect with his knee sprain he will play and we're taking the Jaguars plus one. Okay, when we come back, we're going to review a movie that was emotional and interesting. 
and based on a true story called Sitting in Bars with Cake. And then we're going to talk about another Philadelphia story, not the play, but what's going on in the NBA with the Philadelphia 76ers. It's a pretty crazy story. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It is David Sampson. If you're watching this, thank you live every day, 8 a.m. Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Get on the website, davidsampsonpodcast.com. Check it out. We have all the shows, the archives. We've got merchandise. It is a fun place to be. Be a part of the live chat that goes on during the show. That's 8 a.m. Eastern. Coca, while he's producing, it's just Coca. It's just me. But Coca is inside that chat from time to time. And if you're listening to this, please subscribe and tell your friends. I watch a movie every day, even during the postseason, when I'm doing this in the morning and I'm doing CBS in the afternoons and nights. I will always watch a movie. Someone asked me, and I love your movie suggestions. I keep a list on my telephone about movies and shows and things I should watch. I started something, Coca, yesterday. I started it during the day, side note. And after the game last night, when I have adrenaline because I've been on the air and I know I've got nothing personal in only a few hours, but I'm not sleeping enough or well, even though I'm exhausted, I have a new addiction. I started a new series. Get to me at David P. Sampson or through the podcast if you believe that this is a waste of time or the best use of my time ever. I started Better Call Saul. I had never seen it. I'm four episodes in and I am semi-addicted. But anyway, that's not the movie I watched yesterday. 
One of you suggested I watch this sitting in bars with cake, and so I did. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know that it was a true story. I didn't know that there is a woman who thought cake barring would be the plan. Cake barring is when you go to a bar in Los Angeles, you bake a cake, you bring the cake to the bar, you offer slices of cake to people. Of course, my mother never would have let me take a slice of cake in a public place like that. Look out for razor blades. And you hope you get a boyfriend that way. Seemed bizarre to me, and it seemed people must be thankful for dating apps these days because what a pain in the absolute tushy to have to bake a cake every time you want to go get a drink or every time you want to meet someone. So I'm thinking, is this a movie solely about a true story about this girl, woman, who goes to bars with cakes? It makes no sense to me. Until it took a turn for the sad. As it turns out in this true story, the best friend of the girl who's the baker of the cakes, who is her ride and die, ends up getting sick. I don't want to spoil the ending except to say there are tears and a journey. And it turns out that what really matters is best friends and not necessarily going to bars with cake to get a boyfriend. It matters what you do and how your life changes when someone you love gets sick and what you do and how everything becomes less important all of the big meetings you have, all the big calls you have. If you ever had your child get sick and you had a schedule where you had to keep your schedule and all of a sudden your schedule is blown up, you got a new plan. What's your plan today? Different than what you thought it would be. So sitting in bars with cake, here's the mentality you have to have if you're going to watch it. You have to be ready to have your eyes well up, number one. You have to be ready to eat a hostess cupcake sounds a little weird, but I love Hostess Cupcakes. I finished watching this movie and I said, I got to have a piece of cake because it's that sort of feeling. Sitting in bars with cake. Are you going to go cake barring? I'm not. Okay. I wonder if that's what James Harden's doing. Very Philadelphia heavy show today. I wonder why that is. Nah, it just happens to be. Quinkadink. James Harden plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. We spent an entire offseason telling you that James Harden wants to be traded, wasn't traded, then went public in China, no less, saying that his relationship with his GM, president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey, his buddy, who he had been with in previous stops, including in Houston, that they were now, you are dead to me, is what Harden said. You are a liar, and I will never play for you again. Trade me to the Clippers. And then you remember Daryl Morey, and it was leaked, and the owner spoke at one point, Josh Harris, who owns the team, the commanders and the Sixers spoke, Daryl Morey, everyone said a few words. We will make a move, does this sound familiar, Portland Trailblazer friends? We will trade a player only if we find a trade that makes sense for us. We will not be dictated to where to trade a player. Loving it. Adam Silver's loving it. It's all good. James Harden doubles down. You're a liar. I am not playing for you. Well, it's preseason. Are you ready to report? Hasn't reported. Then it's big news. He shows up. There's a practice. Hasn't played in a game, but there's a practice. Practice? That's another Philly guy. That's funny. Allen Iverson. 
That's weird when themes happen through a show that are not in my head that I don't expect. But we are a Philadelphia heavy show right now, today. Can we talk about what's going on on the campus at Penn? Oh, we may get to that. So that would be another Philly topic, Coca. We're going to be very heavy in the Northeast today. James Harden goes to a practice and you wonder, wow, I guess he's going to play. I guess he's ready. He gave some quotes. Hey, I'm here to play basketball. I'm going to get myself ready. And no, I haven't changed my mind. I want to be traded. No, it can never be repaired. My relationship with Daryl Morey, on and on and on and on. Cut to news comes out yesterday. Where's Waldo? Harden is a no-show. Rumors are he could be in Houston where he may want to play again, where he may want to live again, but he's not in Philly. He's not at practice. And it has started a major news event while the Phillies are in the LCS. The ticker has James Harden, unexcused absence from Sixers practice. James Harden expected to return James Harden hoping to have played Friday in the last preseason game before the regular season starts this coming Tuesday. Why did James Harden choose now to blow off a practice and not tell anyone that he wanted to go to Houston, wanted to go home, wanted to do charity, whatever it is James Harden had to do. We have a very simple rule. Even if you're sick as a dog during spring training, you've got to come to the clubhouse. You can be, it doesn't matter, on death's door. You show up in the morning, check in with the trainer, and then we'll send you home or to the doctor or to the hospital. When there's a workout, when there is a spring training game, preseason game, whatever, it's your job. And in baseball, you're not paid during spring training. You get a per diem, but your salary is earned during the regular season. And still, it is your job to show up. And if you don't want to come and you want an excused absence, you ask permission of the manager, he'll talk it through with the GM and decide whether to let you out of a practice or a spring training game. James Harden skipped that part. Is it because he doesn't respect Daryl Morey? But guess what? It's really an F you to Nick Nurse, his new coach, the former Raptors coach trying to take over a team where the distraction level is at a fever pitch and the season hasn't even started. If I'm Nick Nurse, I am furious with James Harden. Why are you making me deal with this? All you had to do was call. You think that I don't want you to get what you want, James? I've spoken to Daryl. We just can't get a trade together with the Clippers. Try as we may. And there is a deal in place, except Philadelphia wants more. It's sort of like the deal that the Heat thought they had for Lillard, but the Trailblazers wanted more. And then they got more. They still traded Lillard and got a bigger package than what the Heat were able to offer, or what the Trailblazers would tell you, a better package in their mind, which is their right. So the Sixers have said that they want multiple first round picks from the Clippers. They want also extra players who they wanna move for extra picks. And that is the only way they're going to do it. And I like that. 
I want Philadelphia to get what it wants for James Harden. And if you think James Harden is going to stay disappeared, guess what? When you miss a preseason game or a practice, guess what the fine is? It's about 2500 bucks. Guess what happens when you miss a regular season game? It's about $390,000. If I'm Daryl Morey, I'm looking at James Harden missing a preseason game or a preseason practice, and I'm laughing. It's like spitting on a curveball when you recognize it and sitting on a fastball. James Harden is not going to miss even one regular season game. James Harden's a lot of things. Stupid's not one of them. He is not going to sit out and get fined all of that money every particular game. He is going to have to swallow his pride and move right along. And he's going to. If you're the Sixers, what do you do? I've got two suggestions for them. There's sometimes when you need the owner to get involved. I didn't do it often. But when there is a player who is doing something or misbehaving and I wanted to have that player believe that that player was being respected, I would ask the owner to speak to the player because that is not good for Nick Nurse. It's not good for Daryl Morey. And the owner would say to his manager and to his general manager, listen, the team president asked me to do this. Here's why I'm doing it. This is not me stepping over you. This is not me marginalizing you. This is me trying as hard as I can to get this player not to tank our season. Josh Harris needs to call up, separate himself from the commanders for a hot second, call up James Harden or fly to where James Harden is. Get on the jet, fire up the jet, Josh. Go meet with James Harden and bring him home. Find out what it is that he needs. And the answer from James Harden to the owner won't be, get me to the Clippers. Because the funny thing about players, they can talk a good game in the media. They can misbehave all they want. They can not like their owner the way Trevor May doesn't like John Fisher. But you know what? When the owner comes around and talks to you, Nobody is ever disrespectful to the owner. And if you have a level of communication between a player like Harden, a veteran player who believes he deserves something that he's not getting, you have to match it with that level of respect. So my suggestion, Sixers, and someone's listening from that team, get Josh Harris on it. However, Along with showing Harden that respect, you have to keep the clubhouse together. In order to keep the clubhouse slash locker room together, you've got to find James Harden. You cannot allow him to miss a practice, get the attention of the owner the way negative attention with kids who misbehave get more attention in school, they get more attention from their parents, and the people who are nice and behaved end up falling by the wayside, very normal but you've got to show consistent punishment. So wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen and we'll revisit it. I'm going to give you an official wait to see here. James Harden is going to be fined 
by the Philadelphia 76ers. Not by the NBA, but by the Philadelphia 76ers. Wait to see. So meanwhile, there's all sorts of stuff. I got him, Coca. There has been, flying around this room, a gnat that is making me absolutely insane. And I just got him during the show while live. That was awesome. So there's been a lot of talk, obviously, what's going on on the field. This is a sports-heavy show, but we do talk culture, entertainment, politics. It is hard to ignore, and please don't forget what is going on in the Middle East, what is going on with Israel. There is back and forth all over Twitter. There are actors who are going back and forth. Go look at the John Cusack and Michael Rappaport going at it on Twitter. There is heavy emotion on all sides. There is loss of life that is hard to even comprehend. There are still hostages being held. We don't know if they're alive. There is death happening every day. Bombs, people misleading us, who bombed what hospital, how many people died in bombing a hospital. Was it a faulty rocket? Was it Israel? The IDF says no. Hamas says no. Hey, I'm a consequentialist. Somebody did, and now there's hundreds of people dead. What's going on here in America are all of these protests, all these demonstrations, and it is creating some tense moments on campuses. There are presidents of universities like the University of Pennsylvania, who is all about free speech, and the University of Pennsylvania is losing donors hand over fist. Every day you look, there is a new letter from a new hedge fund guy who is saying, I'm not donating a penny to you until the president is fired. Free speech or not, not referring to Hamas as terrorists, not blaming Hamas for what is happening right now is inexcusable. The question is, when you are running a hedge fund and you're a billionaire, you generally have the ability to say whatever you want. What if you're just starting out in the working world? What if you're a student on campus or a person who's young and just starting off in their job and you are so passionate in your position and you articulate that position and it costs you your job? This is a pretty complicated question. And my Jewish friends would say it's not complicated at all. And my answer to them is I'm Jewish as well. Hamas are terrorists. What they did is inexcusable, hard stop, that's it. The issue of free speech is a real one, however. And the way we dealt with it earlier on this show is we said, free speech is fine. However, you cannot do something that hurts the business where you work. It's the Coke Pepsi. It's the Morgan Stanley Goldman Sachs argument. What about if you are a student in law school and you sign a petition? It's a petition that is calling for the freedom of Palestinians. It's a petition calling for end of the genocide as Israel is in some people's minds engaged in. What happens if you're associated with a letter that is published or sent? and your future boss sees it, not your current boss, your future boss. You have an offer to work in this law firm, but you haven't started yet. 
And then you get a letter that says, we are rescinding your offer. Davis Polk is one of the finest law firms in the land. Not number one. Number one is always Proskauer Rose. They've been our lawyers for 25 years. Side note, if you ever need anything and you don't go to Wayne Katz, then you are making a mistake. He is the number one sports attorney in the country, probably in the world, actually. Davis Polk sent an internal email to all of its partners, and this is a huge law firm, saying that it has rescinded letters of employment from three students at Harvard and Columbia who signed organizational statements supporting Hamas against Israel. So let me give you the facts again. These students living their lives, having this belief somehow. I, I can't imagine how, but I say the same thing about people who are anti-choice, who believe that women's right to choose doesn't exist because they're so sure that life begins at conception and therefore it's up to you to tell a woman that and to enforce what a woman gets to do. Where does that end? You write a letter supporting Hamas as terrorists and you get your offer rescinded. What if you're on the picket line at an abortion clinic? What if you're throwing eggs at women who are walking in to get abortions? Is that enough to get an offer rescinded? To be conservative in a way that you believe life starts at conception and you believe it's your core because it's your religious belief. Are religious beliefs okay? But the belief in a different side in the Middle East process is not okay. What about being prejudiced? What about believing in certain other things that maybe have gone on? What about being in favor of slavery? All of these repugnant, and I believe in order, believing in slavery, believing in terrorism, somewhere down the line it's there, but believing that life starts at conception, I happen to obviously vociferously not agree with the first two and not happy with the third because of my view of where women should be and what their rights should be, which is complete. But who's the moral police? Who gets to decide? From a business standpoint, if I own the business, it's my choice. I get to decide. What an interesting, dangerous proposition that you could have companies. Let's talk about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, as you know, is run by some pretty conservative people to the point that they don't even open on Sunday. Is that still true, Coca? Is Chick-fil-A still closed all Sundays? In any case, what happens if you come out and you are an amazingly left-wing, pro-choice person? Do you get to work at Chick-fil-A? Do you get to have a franchise? Or do you have to prove that you are conservative and that you believe in the same belief system as the person who's giving of the franchises? Your business, your choice. My constitutional rights do not include having a Chick-fil-A franchise. My constitutional rights do not include working for Davis Polk. My constitutional rights allow me to be a part of the demonstration 
eyes wide open, signing whatever letter I want, believing whatever I want, understanding there are consequences to my thoughts and actions. People are up in arms because they have forgotten about consequences. How many times do you see people doing things? God, you must not be paying attention. Why are you urinating in public? You can get arrested. Why are you drinking and driving? You could kill somebody. That won't be me. Why are you a part of this demonstration? You're very passionate and emotional about it. Guess what? People are watching. People are paying attention. I happen to be a big fan of actions having consequences because it should give people pause to actually decide inside themselves what matters more. It would be a real shame if these people who lost their offers at Davis Polk had not given thought to the possibility that they would lose these offers. In fact, if they hadn't given it thought, my position is they probably shouldn't have offers in the first place. But if they did give it thought and still believe so much that they want to die on the hill that Hamas should be supported, they must know that their job would have been in jeopardy and they must have made that decision eyes wide open. That's fine. That is all I ask of anybody, as a matter of fact. Make decisions with knowledge of consequences. Try to picture the ripple effect of what you do every day. We talk about this, Coke and I, when we're preparing for the show. We talk about sports, we talk about business, and we're thinking about different things we can do to grow the show, efforts that are made, asking me to do things. I ask Coca to do things with the hope that the result will be something. So we take an action and we expect or want a certain consequence. And when it happens the way we expect, we either continue that behavior or change that behavior because the result of the action is not what we wanted. All it takes is some thought. All it takes is some care. So you're not going to hear me blaming Davis Polk for rescinding the offers. You're not going to hear me applauding Davis Polk for rescinding the offers. You're going to hear me wondering why anybody could support a terrorist organization, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter how wrong you believe. And there is a discussion to be had about occupied territory in Gaza. There is a meaningful intellectual conversation to be had about what's going on in the Middle East, but it can't be with starting point of terrorists and killing. There's a meaningful discussion to be had of when conception is. Does it happen at eight weeks, 15 weeks? What's the science of it? That's a meaningful conversation I'm willing to have. I'm not willing to have a conversation that I'm going to dictate to a woman what a woman does with her body. There's a meaningful conversation to be had about guns and about people's right to have guns, about people wanting guns. I'm not willing to have a meaningful conversation that people can have AR-15s. So the point is, no matter what your view, you have to understand that it's okay. But just know that every once in a while, the consequences may be unintended, or maybe you didn't think smartly enough about what they'd be. And for many, it's just business. But in this world today, with everything going on, 
Very few people are saying it's nothing personal. 